church. We got through them all except to the last one, the lukewarm church. And we haven't talked about that. And because of time, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that today. But we will get more into it. But I want to tell you this. Now is not the time to be lukewarm. We need to get ourselves stirred up in the things of God. Now, all of us have areas in our life. All of us have flesh. Some people are given to depression. Some people are given to fear. Some people are giving to passivity. I'm not given to those things. (laughs) I'm given to anger. And I really have to watch myself. And this whole COVID thing, it's a Trojan horse. And if you understand what a Trojan horse is, they brought it in and got everybody's attention on this, and then they released all the enemy. And right now, fear is one of the biggest things that's being released. And fear is nothing. And if you can't see this in today's world, false evidence appearing real and everybody i think they're more afraid of the repercussions of not wearing their masks or whatever than they are of the virus itself and it angers me i'm sorry it angers me and so i've realized that the more i look at social media and the news the more agitated i get i get that twitch anyway so, so I quit watching it. And the only time I check my social media is just to check to see if I've got a message. So if you aren't hearing from me, that's why. Okay. But this week it followed me. I swear it followed me everywhere I went. And I was so, I'd get myself under, I'd get agitated. i get agitated and 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 you know i've told you my scripture that god gave me this year was to be still and know that i'm god and i've meditated it all year but yesterday it all came to a head and i was ticked about some things not church just about things going on within the city and i believe i believe that it's it's You're perceiving something. People, I believe, are so frustrated, so down here. I can see it in our neighborhood. People have changed, and it angers me because it's not God. And the thing is, God is on the move. But we've got our eyes so much on all these other things. So he knew I was mad. I said, I'm going on a bike ride. He just stepped out of the way. (laughs) I made my three-and-a-half-mile trip in about two-and-a-half minutes. I came back, and I was still just burning. (laughs) So I laid down in the bed. I tried to do what God told me, be still and know that I'm God. So I laid down on the bed. I'm just going to meditate the word. I'm going to get my anger under control. I'm not going to pick up a jawbone of an ass and go slay somebody or a giant. Yeah, he was the first. Anyway, so I'm laying there on the bed. I get a scripture. It comes when when God speaks to me, it's just usually a phrase or two from scripture and then I have to go look it up. And the scripture was about um about those that call good evil and evil good and how that's not good. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Well, I went to look that up. 
And I open my Bible, and it falls open, and I have it circled real big in my Bible. And it's from Psalm 4-4. It says, be angry and do not sin. (laughs) I'm laying on my bed meditating this. Be angry and do not sin. Meditate within your heart on your bed and be still. That was a word of God for me. (laughs) God speaks through his word. God knows what's going on. He knows it's frustrating. He knows it's discouraging. Maybe it's depressing. For me, it's angering. But we need to get our eyes off of all this junk going on and realize. Because when you finish the scripture, be still and know that I'm God. He says, I will be exalted on the earth and I will be exalted in the nation. And I just want to encourage you. If you're sad, go to your bed and meditate the word of God. Or go look at pretty things and talk to God. If you're angry, just get a bicycle and then go shut up for a while until you can be fearless but not reckless. Because I was feeling a little reckless last night. Anyway, God's on the throne. God's at work. We're going to get through this. It's going to be glorious. But we have to have the will to get through it. And right now is not the time to be lukewarm. We'll go ahead and receive this morning's tithes and offerings. Ushers, you can do that for me, please. Amen. If you'd be so kind to put the first slide up, please. I'm so glad you're in the house of God today. I love my father. And he loves me. Amen. And he certainly loves you. We're all works in progress, aren't we? We've been on a series called Prepare, Proceed, and Possess. um, Fifteen weeks and... and, um, I want to go through this quickly. I want to, I want, this is kind of a review. And these are some statements. And so can you all see them? Amen. The church today has entered a new era and is in the process of transformation, consecration, and trans... Well, we got two transformations. We're missing one. So I didn't prove very good, did I? Harvest Church is in a new season And a new season of mentality is required. Reaching and reaping a harvest of souls is dependent upon the condition of your heart and your willingness to pay the price. Amen. Go to the next one, please. The believer must take personal responsibility. Now, let's stop right there. Whose responsibility? That's right. 
To prepare what? To prepare spiritually and in the natural realm for the greatest outpouring of God's Spirit, the greatest revival the earth has ever seen. I believe that. Now, how do we prepare and be revival ready? Number one, we talked about internal and external preparations. The internal is dealing with the heart. We're going to talk about that today a little bit. And then, you know, we have to external preparations. What do we do in the natural to prepare for revival? Then we talked about how how important it is to operate in godly wisdom. Then we talked about preparing in faith and godly fear. And then number four... Prepare by listening to who? Apostles and prophets. We said there's a paradigm shift. It's not just about the pastor of a local church anymore. We need the five-fold ministry. I grew up Methodist, had no idea about the apostle, prophet, a little bit about the evangelist and the pastor or the teacher. But we need them all. Go to the next one, please. Whenever God the Father gets ready to do anything in the earth, he always speaks through who? His apostles and prophets to prepare his church. The church and the individual believer must listen. Say listen. For the common message that's being delivered so it can prepare to move forward and advance the kingdom of God for each believer. Now, this is important. Each believer has a part to play in this end-time revival. That means every one of you well, I'm old. Well, so what? Well, I don't feel good. So what? I don't look good. So what? Everyone here. Well, don't you know I have come from a very dysfunctional family. So what? <laughs> God, God can use anybody. Amen? Each believer has a part to play in this end-time revival, so his or her spiritual ears, say ears, must be open to hear what the Holy Spirit is speaking. We have one more. This is what, since the beginning of last fall or late last fall, I came back from Pastor Hanks in in, um, Omaha. These are statements that were made either by uh, Hank Kuhneman, who's a recognized national prophet, Chuck Pierce, Dutch Sheets, Pastor Mark Barclay, here's some things that have been said. A new era is here. Not going to be, it's here. We are transitioning. Amen? The coming decade will be a time to come face to face with the Lord. What's that mean? Face to face with the Lord. That's intimacy. Intimate fellowship. Amen? We will be known as wimps, warriors that decree change and it happens. Promote my mercy and goodness, Pastor Hank said. This will be a decade of difference because he's giving us a kingdom authority for his hands to work on another generation. During this pause, God is recalibrating, this was Dutch Sheets, our hearts toward him. Once the recalibration is complete, a reset will take place. Then there will be a fresh baptism of consecration. Thank you. Is that it? I believe it is. Thank you. Now, that kind of gives you an overview. Now, we talked the the last couple weeks on listening to what the apostles and prophets are saying. Okay? Now, let me go through this quickly for the sake of time. 
we said there were two kinds of hearing. There's physical hearing and there's spiritual hearing. There's people that, that are, are deaf, amen, and, and they can't hear. There are people that are spiritually deaf. They can't hear what the Spirit of God is saying, amen. For the sake of time, you can, you can look up in um, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9 through 16. Then we said there's two types of hearers, those who hear and then those who hear, understand, and obey. Which category do you fall in? Then we said, I, I got this statement from my son Micah. He, he'd heard it, and, and it was excellent. Many people really do not listen to understand. They listen to respond. Many people do not listen to understand. They listen to respond. That's a good statement. James 1.19 says, So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Then we said, you and I need, look at Mark 4. Mark chapter 4. We said, you and I need to learn how to tune into the Spirit. Boy, I desperately want to hear what the Spirit of God is speaking in this hour. There are a lot of voices out there. You know, I listened to, to, to men on women on YouTube. I've, I, I prayed. I prayed a long time ago. It was this year. I said, Father, if there are messages that I can hear from other fivefold ministry gifts on YouTube, then help me find them. And I found them. But I'll clue you, there are some on there that are pretty wacky. Amen? So you better learn how to tune into the Spirit. Mark chapter 4 and verse 23. Jesus said, if anyone has what? Ears to hear, let him hear. Jesus was speaking of our ability to hear into the Spirit and to know what God was saying. Verse 24, then he said to them, take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. Jesus was saying here that he who tunes his spiritual hearing to God's spiritual frequency will continue to hear and gain more revelation. I want to gain more revelation. Amen. Verse 25. For whoever has, to him more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. So God, what we need to understand that those who disbelieve are, I don't like this word, but it, it's, it's out there. It's called indifferent. What's indifferent mean? Don't care. Those who disbelieve are, are indifferent will lose whatever ability for understanding they had and will be ignorant of what God is doing on the earth. Now, I found this statement. I wrote it down. I don't know who said it, but I highlighted it. I want to read it to you. Are you listening? What we're talking about, hearing, listening. It is entirely possible to be in the middle of God's move, the very move we hunger for and miss it. I'll say it again. 
It is entirely possible to be in the middle of God's move, the very move we hunger for, and miss it. Why do Christians miss it? Because they have heart disease, spiritual heart disease. And that's what I want to talk to you about. Spiritual deafness, not being able to hear. It all comes down to the condition of your heart. Say, my heart. Look, in, uh, look at Zechariah chapter 7. Zechariah chapter 7, towards the end. Right before, I think, Malachi, Zechariah, chapter 7. We're going to start with verse 8, but let me give you just a... I wanted to give you an overview so you understand where Israel was at this time. Zechariah was a prophet called to inspire, to motivate the exiled Jews to come back and rebuild the temple. You know who a modern-day Cyrus is today? Trump. Cyrus let them come back. It says, they began construction but quit for 12 years because they were discouraged. Say discouraged. And they were, the Israel was pursuing their own dreams. They wanted to do things their way. They, it's no different than the church today. Amen? The church today is no different. It has left its first love to pursue its own personal agenda instead of establishing establishing the kingdom of God. We're here to establish the kingdom of God. I'm not here to establish my kingdom. It's his kingdom. You're here to establish his kingdom, not your kingdom. His kingdom. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? And that's where we're at right now. Well, here, let's pick up here and read in verse 8. It says, In the word of the Lord, chapter 7, came to Zechariah, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Execute true justice, show mercy and compassion, everyone to his brother. Do not oppress the widow or the fatherless, the fatherless, the alien or the poor. Let none of you plan evil in his heart against his brother. Now, verse 11. But they what? Refused to heed, shrugged their shoulders. In the margin of my Bible, it says they made, made their ears heavy. Shrugged their shoulders, stopped their ears, made their ears heavy so that they could not hear. Yes, they made their hearts like flint, refusing to hear the law and the words which the Lord of hosts had sent by His Spirit through the former prophets. Thus great wrath came from the Lord of hosts. Therefore it happened that just as He proclaimed, and they would not hear, so they called out, and I would not listen, says the Lord of hosts, but I scattered them with a whirlwind among all the nations which they had not known. Thus the land became desolate after them, so that no one passed through or returned, for they made the pleasant land desolate. No different than the church today. And I heard this, heard this, I don't know who I was listening to, when, when Trump went into office, many Christians did not grasp or see him as a president. He's God's choice. He is a modern-day Cyrus, and he's helping rebuild the church. 
And, and uh, so we've got to be careful that we're not critical, but we pray. Yeah, there's things I, I, I don't like his personality in some respects, but in a lot of respects, I do like him. We've got to get, the church has to, right now, is in the process of learning how to be a church of warriors. Amen? But here, the nation of Israel, their hearts were hard. Now, I want to pass something around. Oh, Brian, he just blew it for me. Where's Brian at? I'm going to pass, just pass it around. Look, just don't take a long time. Just, you can look at it. As I move on, by the time we get, I won't wait for everybody. Look at Hebrews 3. Hebrews 3. So what was Israel's problem? Heart, thank you. Good to have a pastor here. They listen. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 3. Well, let me just read it from King, New King James. Verse 7. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion in the day of trial in the wilderness, where your fathers tested me, tried me, saw my works 40 years, therefore I was angry with with that generation and said they always go astray in their heart and they've not known my ways, so I swore in my wrath they shall not enter my rest. Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sins. So what, what causes, causes that hardening of your heart? Sin. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end while it is said, Today if you will hear His voice. Today if you will hear His voice. Today if you will hear His voice. Do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. What's going on in the streets right now? Anarchy, that's a better word. Think those hearts are hardened? Yeah. What's going on in the church today? I believe the church is rising up. I really believe the church is getting it. But there are a lot of Christians out there, their hearts are hardened. Therefore, they can't hear what the Spirit of God is saying through the apostle and the prophet. Therefore, they're not expecting to be transformed. And therefore, they do not want to consecrate and rededicate their lives to God. It says, For who, having heard, rebelled, indeed was it not all who came out of Egypt, led by Moses? Now with whom was he angry forty years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey? So we see that they could not enter in Because of unbelief. Say this with me. They could not enter in because of unbelief. Unbelief is caused by a hardened heart. Unbelief 
is caused by hardened heart, which is caused by sin. Look at Mark chapter 6. Now is my, where's that frog at? Oh, good. Look, see? Is that hard? I drop that there or not. What is it? How come you know that? It's smart. I found this when we, we, had, we weren't even married and we went out south of my hometown with another buddy. He said, I know where there's some petrified wood. You know how long it took for that to get right there? long time. And I pass that around because I want you to, to leave today with an understanding this is what can happen to your spiritual heart. And if your heart gets like this, and we could look in, you know, about the parable of the sower, the seed fell on what kind of ground? Hard. And then the birds of the air... Pick the seed out. That's why people aren't many. And I'll be honest with you, it's not just the world, but there are a lot of hardened hearts in the church. And it shouldn't be that way. So these heart, our hard hearts need to be softened. And it takes the Holy Ghost. It takes the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm digressing, but this morning I, I yelled. I will yell again in the future. He got going. I, we were talking before the service. You have two like personalities, strong personalities, prophetic, type A, amen, we mean business. You know, and it's sad, really, I shouldn't have had you come and sit down. When we visited this morning, you probably should have waited till afterwards because... I'm in Superman mode. What's that mean? I'm ready to do battle. And so in the in weeks ahead, when you come into this church, don't you be passive. We're not we're in a season we need to yell. We need we're in a season we need to raise the sword of the spirit. Now don't get I'll take the religious spirit out of you. We need the spirit of Mel Gibson. My favorite movie is The Patriot. They shot his son. I've watched that, and I've watched that, and I've watched that. And he got the two boys, and he said, this is what you're going to do. And he gave him the guns, and he gave him the whole thing. How many have seen The Patriot? And they, what? Aim small, miss small. The boys got tired of me saying that when we went hunting. But, you know, it just stuck with me. They put those boys up there, and they just took the British out one by one. I love that scene. And, you know, I don't, yeah, it's violent, but, you know. You think David was passive, King David? Took Goliath's head off. Think there was a little blood around there? We, we've got to raise up, rise up, church. We're in that season. 
Where did I tell you to go? Mark 6. Without, just let me give you an overview. How many remember the feeding of the 5,000? Was that a miracle? Were the disciples there doing their job handing out the food? That was miraculous. Now, if you'd been there and saw that, what would you have thought? Okay, well, they go on, and it says in verse 45, immediately made his disciples get into the boat, go before him to the other side to Bethsaida. When, while he sent the multitude away, and when he'd sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. And when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and he was alone on the land. Then he saw them straining at rowing, for the wind was against them. Now, about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea, and would have passed them by. And when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost and cried out. For they all saw him and were troubled. But immediately, oh, isn't God good? Immediately he talked with them and said to them, Be of good cheer. It is I do not be afraid. And I believe that's what he's saying to us today. Be of good cheer. It is I do not be afraid. Then he went up into the boat to them and the wind ceased. They were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure and marvel. For they had not understood about the loaves because their heart was hardened. Hardened means in the Greek, and I found it, and this is, I'm giving you the definition, to petrify. That's, what kind of wood is that? Petrified wood. To petrify, form a callus, make hard. The word is used metaphorically of spiritual deafness and blindness. Hears of the gospel who repeatedly resist its convicting truth become insensitive and dull and lose the power of understanding. Let me say that again. Hears of the gospel who repeatedly resist its convicting truth become insensitive and dull and lose the power of understanding. Look at Joel, would you? And we'll, we'll stop there. Joel, look at chapter 2. How many, honestly, and sincerely would look at me, know God's up to something? He's always up to something. He's waiting for us to get up to something. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. You need me. And you know what? I need you. We need each other. And when you're not here, I'm, here's the pastor. I'm looking at the pastor just to get strength. <laughs> when you're not here on Sunday morning, part of the body's missing. I said, when you're not here, and, you know, I don't know how it is up in Creighton, but I bet, I bet there's always a, there's a remnant. Don't you have a, a few that are always with you? Amen. Every church has a remnant. Thank God for a remnant. But our remnant needs to grow if we're going to get anything done. Joel chapter 2, verse 12. If we're talking about heart. We'll end with this. Now, therefore, says the Lord, turn to me with... 
Return to me with all your heart with, I don't like that word. What's the word? Fasting. With weeping, I can weep. And with mourning, I can mourn. It's the fasting I don't like. So rend your heart and not your garments. In other words, the Jews were good about ceremonial things. You know, rip their garment. But he's talking about your heart. Return to the Lord your God, for he's gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and he relents from doing harm. See, that's our father. Who knows if he will turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. We're coming into a season where we need to rend our hearts. We're coming into a season and a time where we repent of our sin. We're coming into a season of of consecration. I believe we're coming into a season of revival. I really believe that. Message Bible in James 4, verse 8 says, So let God work His will in you. Today, people, let God work His will in you. Yell a loud no to the devil and watch him scamper. What kind of a loud? What kind of preacher is he? Loud! Loud preacher. Yell a loud no to the devil and watch him scamper. Say a quiet yes to God and he'll be there in no time. Quit dabbling in sin. Quit dabbling in sin. Purify your inner life. Quit playing the field. Hit bottom. Cry your eyes out. The fun and games are over. Get serious, really serious. Get down on your knees before the master. It's the only way you'll get on your feet. Let's stand up this morning. Thank you for being attentive. Thank you for being engaged. Every eye closed. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you, Holy Spirit. I asked you for help, and I believe you did help me today. You've helped all of us. You've opened our eyes, our spiritual eyes to see, and our spiritual ears to hear what you're saying. Deal with the heart issue. Deal with the sin in your life. Deal with the rebellion in your life. Deal with the unbelief, the apathy, and the indifference in your life. Father, we thank you that you are a good, loving, heavenly Father. Full of mercy. And your word says if we confess our sins, you're faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Lord, 
I thank you for your mercy this morning for every member here of Harvest Church. Everyone here today that's heard the living word of God, that knows they need to make some changes, deal with our hearts, forgive us of our sin, place us back on our feet so we can win again. Thank you, Lord, for raising up a people strong, faithful, and true. Thank you, Father. In the days ahead, it's going to be all about you. Eyes off of the world, all the affairs of life, deal with your emotional life and get rid of the strife. Draw near to the one that loves you true. And remind yourself you're born again and he lives in you. Know that he's called you to be more than a conqueror and to overcome in this life. Oh, Father, we thank you. You are a wonderful God, a loving Heavenly Father. I'm not going to have you say it. You can do this in your own private time of prayer. But you need to ask the Holy Spirit to help change, make changes and adjustments in your life, in your thinking, in your attitudes, and say, Holy Spirit, use me in these, this last great revival upon planet Earth. Use me, Holy Spirit. I, I give myself as a vessel of honor. I want to be sanctified and useful for the Lord Jesus Christ. That's how you need to talk to him every day. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in Jesus' name. Now, before keep your eyes closed. If you're here today and you have never made Jesus Christ your personal Lord and Savior, today's the day. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. By grace you're saved through faith. It's not of works. It's a gift. And all you need to do is humble yourself and say, Lord, here I am. I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sin. Jesus, come live in my heart. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, If we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. For with a heart, man believes on the righteousness, and with a mouth, confession is made unto salvation. If you're here today... And you need to make Jesus Christ your personal Lord and Savior. Be bold and strong and raise your hand. Nobody's looking at you. Okay, put that hand down. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, what you said is true. I have a hard heart. And I'm not listening like I should be. Raise your hand. Okay. Let's pray this together. Heavenly Father, I come before you in the name of Jesus. Jesus, forgive me of my sin. 
sins of omission, sins of commission. Jesus, I invite you into my heart to be my Lord and Savior. Lord, forgive me for backsliding. I'm coming back to you. I want a softened heart. I want my heart to be tender. I want my spiritual ears to be open and my eyes open to see. I thank you, Father, for your mercy that's new today for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, if you prayed that sincerely, if you prayed that sincerely, I'll tell you what, get ready. Did you hear me? Get ready. God's going to do some things in your life. And I say this lovingly. Say, he really loves me. Yeah, just make it. You will not survive in the days ahead without the church. You will not be successful without the church. We need the church. We are the church, and we need each other. And in these last days, it's not going to be the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. Signs and wonders are going to happen through your hands. Amen. Did you ask? Yeah. Where's the mic? I don't need one. <laughs> Deep voice. There's a couple people here today. I don't know who you are, but I know you've heard it from your pastor before. The Lord needs me to hear it from someone else today. You are sitting here feeling rejected. You feel like God has rejected you because of sin, uh, mistakes, Amen. Uh, things that you've done. We, most of us know what that feels like. Amen. Good news today is I'm here to tell you the Lord wants you to know that not only has He not rejected you, He has chosen you. How many know there's a difference between being chosen? That's right. And I don't know who the couple people are that I'm supposed to that need this today, but you need to get this today. God has chosen you and not rejected you. Your past, whatever it is, no matter how bad it was, whatever it is, that's causing you to feel that rejection. You need to ask for repentance. Let God take it. Let the blood of Jesus pay for it. And accept the position of being chosen. That's right. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. He's loud like me. Do you preach like I do? You know, when you, I, I've talked to him on the phone because he had somebody in church who wanted to come tonight to shine. So I just heard his voice, and he said, I'm coming to church today. I don't just let anybody up here. You're the, true, you're the real deal, okay? If that was you, come up here. If you're, if you're bold enough to, to deal with that, we'll pray for you. Okay. How many were there, two? You can't keep coming up here, man. You got to run the sound. Come on up. I'm just kidding you. Lighten up, Lucille. Okay. Anybody else? Save your past. Repent. You need to know that you've chosen. 
Amen. That if he was picking teams today, you wouldn't be the last one picked. <laughs> Amen. Anybody else? Okay. Go ahead. You want to pray? Go ahead, Pastor. Oh, yes.